Namaste. So, as we know that in India, this day, 5th of September is celebrated or observed, not celebrated, as Teacher's Day. Uh, after uh, the, one of the Indian president's birthday, the first Indian president's birthday, Dr. Sarvapalli Radhakrishnan, who has written a number of books on the Upanishads, the Gita and uh, Indian scriptures, uh, I am not here to vouchsafe for his depth and profundity of knowledge. Uh, in India, India has seen many much greater savants. And frankly speaking, if at all a teacher's day should have been named, there were other who would have been much more uh, qualified for this. But anyways, these things have their political background and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let's say that there is a day called teacher's day. So it's a day, how do we celebrate? Not just by writing happy teacher's day. <laughs> so, but by contemplating who is a teacher. So if we go back to Indian thought, the teacher is the divine master who dwells within not only human beings, who dwells within this creation. He is called as a Jagat Guru. It starts from there. What is his method? So his method is to awaken. How does he awaken? He awakens the urge to know and as a urge to know, result of the urge to know, when this urge becomes intense, Something happens, there is an observation like a aha phenomena and there is insight, there is an awakening. So there is an urge to know and there is an awakening which is like an intuitive awakening, a flash and that's how knowledge is born or manifested in human consciousness. Proof is very evident. Now we have schools, we have degrees, we have official teachers, we have BA, MA or whatever courses and we have students going through that. But how did the first human beings know about things. It's very interesting. How did somebody discover fire? How did they, you know, much later this kind of a transmission of knowledge has come into existence. But people learned. How did they learn? We use the word experience. But what was behind the experience? Now, if you really look at it, human beings by nature are seekers. They seek. So that's why this this experience, every animal had its own set of experiences. But in human beings, this process started, which today we call as education. So what is education? They, human beings are inbuilt sense of seeking, which manifests as curiosity. And this curiosity goes deeper and deeper. And then it changes into seeking. This is there in human beings. And after we have explored the whole objective world, we want to explore the subjective world. Because in human beings, the subjective world is also existing prominently and as human beings rise up the scale the subjective world becomes so much more important till ultimately you discover that at the bottom everything is essentially subjective but that's a different subject altogether so basically it is the seeking and as a result of this seeking there is a sense of intuitive flash so i have often wondered that how did the uh, rishis of the ayurveda they discovered such a wonderful pharmacopoeia. Even till today, it is not gone. It's not a dead science, incidentally. How much ever we have tried, it is still making its return and revival. So how could a science which came into existence few thousand years back, how could this science continue to exist when there were no formal statistics, no formal ways of you know uh, going through these double-blind studies and then uh, marketing, All nothing was there. So how did it? Happened that they knew that Sarp Gandha, aka Reserpine, will lower the blood pressure. They can't be, you can't say they were trying. 
So if you try like that, people will die. So it can't be just trying. Even when you try, why is it that out of thousands of herbs, you'll pick up one particular one? So these were the rishis. If you read the Ayurveda, they had a way, they aspired and they got into the right state of consciousness and then very intuitively they learned things. So the first uh, steps of humanity towards learning and education was very intuitive. Uh, Shubhinda speaks of it as the Taipale, the intuitive age or the Satyug, where knowledge is very direct and the transmission of knowledge is also very direct. There is a very nice uh, slok in the Upanishad where it describes that I have seen a wonderful um, uh, picture in front of me. What is the picture? Uh, the disciple is old and the guru is young. Sishya Vridhya, Guru Yuva. I have seen this, but that's not enough. He says, the guru spoke nothing and the disciple understood everything. Very clearly indicating that the transmission of knowledge was very direct and some of the greatest teacher has done that. Shurvinda himself, he spoke of that, that if you read through evening talks, people talk about evening talks and what he has said, but most of the time, 75% of the time, Shurvinda was not speaking if you look at one particular day, the documented part is very little compared to the way they were sitting. Some would go into meditation, Shubhinda would sit with open eyes, then suddenly somebody would pick up an issue, somebody would even cut a joke, look at him, he is snoring, and then from there the conversation will start. So knowledge in the highest way is transmitted in silence. And its means are intuitive. That's what we see in the early stages of mankind. But then as the human mind developed, it wanted to formulate and systemize everything. That's when intellectual knowledge became more and more into existence. So what does the intellect do? Uh, intuitively, one has discovered, now I'm not saying now we can do it immediately, discovered that this particular herb probably will cure a snake bite. And they did it, they had some inner knowledge about mantra, occult means and they got cured. Intellectual mind says, no, I want to know how it worked. So what happens? It starts analyzing. It looks at it, starts analyzing, sees the similarities. And it's extreme extent it goes and discovers the chemical which is within it, which is a very uh, interesting thing. It has its own merits. But in the process what happens, you systematize it so much, codify it so much that the essence of knowledge is lost. Let me give an example. Take for example when you go back in healing systems. So nature works along several line, lines to heal the body. It, uh, say for instance if there is a cut. So materially there are processes through which a cut is healed. If there is an infection, material processes. But also there are psychological things happening at the same time. So there are psychological events. Will I heal? Will I not heal? Will, faith, all these things are operating at the same time. There are occult dimension. What are called as gods, titans, these forces which are behind this tangible world. All of them are acting and there is the intervention of the divine element which is known as grace, spiritual forces. Now, each science picks up one line. Allopathy picks up the material side. So when it goes extremely into it, like the denial of the materialist, it says all other sciences are humbug. Now, other sciences also sometimes have a tendency to do it. Now, this kind of exclusivity happens because intellect looks at only one line of evidence, systematizes and codifies it. 
and says this alone is true. It is just like religion. That somebody sat on his knees and lifted his arms up and God revealed himself and said, well, if you, and later on, not he probably, but said, if you kneel down on your knees and lift your arms up, God will manifest. No, he's inner state, you don't know. <laughs> so, maybe not God, but who knows, some coconut will fall into your hand if you are lucky and on your head if you are not so lucky. So, this is the whole difference that this intuitive knowledge began to be replaced by intellectual knowledge. And this intellectual knowledge went into systematization, codification, so much information in the bargain that today we have so much information that we have lost the knowledge, we have lost the intuitive sense and we have lost the wisdom. So now we are passing out of that curve back into a new kind of satya, intuitive age. So the teachers also have to change. The modus operandi of a typical teacher who was teaching from a book, fixed system of knowledge has to change. So how it is going to change? The teachers have to become more and more intuitive. What does it mean? They have to, number one, instead of instructing the students, feeding information, they have to awaken the love to learn, which is what was happening during the age of truth. Now they have forgotten this love to learn. Why? Because they have the books, they have the answers, they have the questions, and they have the marks finished. This is the best way to kill knowledge quest for knowledge. And in India the beauty was that knowledge itself was stratified into two broad categories. The higher knowledge and the lower knowledge. Lower knowledge was all about nature and its processes. The higher knowledge was Brahmagyan about God and his dealings with nature. These two make a complete set. One without the other is incomplete. If you have God knowledge and you don't have the knowledge of nature, how nature operates then that God knowledge may be alright for you. To free your soul. But it's not enough to impact the society. And if you have the lower knowledge, knowledge of nature, but you don't have Brahmagyan, then this knowledge, because it's missing the most important element, will always remain incomplete and will always be marred with limitations and imperfections. So that's why there will always be anomalies. So you use this drug because you don't know about the hidden forces, you don't know about the ways of the spirit. So you'll see that people... Some get cured, some don't get cured and you wonder what is the reason. So you speak about subjectivity and all those different elements. Backdoor uh, occult and backdoor spirituality is entering into the human play. So first task of the teacher is to awaken the interest and the joy to learn. Meaning thereby not to give all the answers. Teachers, it's like people in spiritual seeking. If you want to finish spiritual sp- uh, seeking, give a method which you claim to be foolproof, which the disciple has to faithfully follow. See, when you read Shirobindo, you don't find it. But there are every kind of method, but it doesn't say do this like a prescription. Swami Vivekananda, when he gave his talks uh, uh, in, in UK, then one day Sister Nivedara told him that not many people come to your talks. You know why? Because you are not giving them a method. So he says, that's not my business. I am here to inspire and awaken. Not to instruct. Which is so true. Instructions will come from inside. Instruction is the last bit. It's like the last spark. But when that is made so important, then the real knowledge tends to get lost. So we have to enter into an intuitive, um, to enter into the intuitive age, this kind of hyper-information 
So in this way, one good, probably the chat GPT and artificial intelligence. I don't know. It's a very dubious tool like all technical tools in the hands of unevolved human beings. Probably this will uh, begin to rob us of our intense analytical mind and its capacity. So hopefully many will probably collapse, but some may wake up to intuition because <laughs> right now uh, the human mind is burdened, not only the bags, but the mind. So this teachers must understand that we are entering into a new age and therefore the methods have to change. They have to become more consistent with intuition. Secondly, the teacher himself has to teach, meaning thereby the moment present system is, I have a degree, therefore I can teach a subject. Teacher must understand this humility before infinite knowledge. There is always something to know. And if he thinks that I know then he does not know. That is how the Isha Upanishad puts it. This comes when you turn towards Brahmakyan, higher knowledge. Higher knowledge makes us humble. One of the signs of somebody who is uh, into the higher knowledge is that he will not be arrogant or proud because he knows that infinity is beyond, before me. In fact, in a grain of sand there is infinity. And therefore he can discover so much more. And those who live only in the realm of lower knowledge they become very proud because they feel I know it all until one small little grain comes and the whole system collapses. So it's important to simultaneously in our education system to include the higher knowledge. It was part of the Gurukul. In Gurukul this differentiation was not made. It was not secular versus religious. It was spiritual. So everything which was taught, a Gurukul is not a system but the integration of two important, crucial, complementary aspects of knowledge, without which either remains incomplete. Vidyancha, Vidyancha, Yasta Dveda Vyamsaha. So, there is all about nature, there is also about the uh, God knowledge. So, we see that, for instance, when um, Lord Rama and uh, Sri Krishna, when he goes through their uh, gurus, guru ashrams in the teaching school, the first one in uh, Vasist uh, Rishi school and the second in Sandeepan school. So they are taught all these vidyas, 64 vidyas which are include archery, the Vedas and all this. But it also they learn and learn meditation, they learn about Kundalini, they learn all these things. So they knew by the time they come out, they are equipped for both and to integrate both. It also makes an ideal humanity because if you have all the information at your disposal, but your consciousness is of a pygmy, now, what is happening is that you don't have a stone in your hand, true, we are out of the stone age, but we have bombs which are so much more dangerous. So, it's important for today's education that an ideal teacher is somebody who integrates these two. So, if a teacher is not a yogi, he is really not a complete teacher. By yogi, I mean somebody who is striving at least for the higher knowledge. Not all are in yoga and there are different gradations of yoga. So a teacher must be somebody who must understand the relativity of all that he knows, must strive for something more, not only within the sphere of nature, he must do that. But as he probes nature deeper and deeper, he will invariably enter a point where he has to enter into God knowledge. That's what happened to many of the physicists who dug deep, deep, deep until they were filled with a sense of mysticism. And they don't know how to go, take that leap. That leap is entry into the spiritual knowledge. It's happening in some fields. It will happen. In psychology, we see a roadblock. But psychology is the field where it should be most easy. And we see that is also happening. In biology, what determines the genes? So in every sphere, 
geography, history. The, the method should be that start from the near, what is observable. But take from this observable, objective world deeper and deeper into that great idea which stands behind all these becomings of nature. And if a teacher can do it, he is the ideal teacher. Now, the third important thing is that if a teacher thinks he is superior, then he cannot teach. It's a paradox. Why? Because, because, well, whom is he imparting the teaching? Is it to the mind or is he awakening the real one who can learn and grow the seat of knowledge, which is the soul? So when you address the soul, the fundamental necessity is to take away this, to remove this idea that you are someone very special. Because all souls come from the divine. They are portions of the divine. And who knows, somebody whom you are teaching today may be equipped tomorrow to go way beyond. So I think William, who was at Walt Whitman, wrote a poetry about these youngsters that, you know, you go beyond us. It is something very beautiful. This state of relativity of all knowledge, this idea that, you know, he will go beyond because who knows what plans God has in him. Did Sandipani knew that, you know, Krishna is an avatar and one day, he will, he will be revered and worshipped. So this idea that all are essentially equal and at the same time he must know that not all are meant for everything. This of course a different field. Now we have lost that Adhikar Bhed today. But in ancient India it existed. But this Adhikar Bhed was not based on money. Now you have the Adhikar Bhed but in a different way. Not all can know uh, go to the best schools. Why? Because they don't have the money. Uh, that Adhikar was based on your inner readiness. So there were children. Uh, even there is a story of uh, you know Jabali Satyakam. I have spoken about it. Uh, whose mother is a maid servant who doesn't know who is his father, and the Rishi admits him for the highest knowledge, Brahmagyan, because he knows that his mother is whatever her outer life may be. She has one wonderful quality. She is honest and truthful. So this is how the Adhikar Bhed. Not all in everything, but the temperament. That means the child has to be consulted in his own growth. That means a sea change in parents, in society. Not all children are meant for everything. They will create a chaos. And there should not be that this is higher, this is lower. Each approach each action, each way of life has its own beauty, dignity and it's an approach or, or a way to manifest the divine. So all this the teacher must have. So for, for seeing all these aspects, he must be number one a psychologist because then only he can understand that which child is meant for what. Uh, he must be able to know the Sabhava and Swadharma. Mother gave a term to the center of education, free progress system. So people, um, many people believe that free progress means you give them freedom, whatever they understand by freedom. Mother didn't say freedom means the you do anything you feel like. She never said that. She qualified it. She spoke about discipline. But the freedom to make your choices and go through the consequences. And second thing that people feel that free progress means any child can take up everything. It was not meant like that. When mother was asked to define, she gave one simple de definition. A progress guided by the soul. What does it mean in Sanskrit? Sabhav and Swadharma. Swa is the soul within. So the teacher must be a psychologist, not just the 
psychologist based on the western model of limited psychology but he must understand the innate temperaments pick up those unseen strings subtle things in a child and know that this child should best blossom in these lines this is only possible if this whole myth of degree and marks and uh, money based on certain profession this must collapse it is on the verge of collapsing corona almost did that but we are getting back into the same mode this will collapse the school within boundaries must be replaced with school without boundaries meaning thereby children should understand that learning is universal so somebody sent me a very nice message today that all of us learn from each other therefore happy teachers day It's so wonderful my my sister actually she is also a teacher so she sent me this message i said this is so group so true on the group she posted that it's true that we are all learners and we are all teachers and sometimes uh, you know how somebody can teach the, by triggering a cascade of events which will lead to the highest knowledge is so well typified in the story of kalidas and how this man is uh, you know a door is open how because his wife almost condemns him mocks at him are a useless fellow a cheat a liar good for nothing and then nobody perhaps knows the name of his wife but everybody knows today kalidas so what does the teacher do of course he doesn't use this method but he opens an inner door so that's where shobindra says all knowledge is within the child should know how to open this inner door how does the inner door open by seeking it's very interesting that when the seeking awakens when the aspiration awakens everything begins to speak it's so interesting if you read then then you understand the deeper sense of how these people knew things which today uh, see today we have discovered i i don't know how recent it is but not very old that there are mountains inside the ocean isn't it there are greater mountains than himalayas i don't remember when this was discovered but if you read uh, a story in ancient indian scripture what does it say very interesting it says the mountains grew wings and so they began to fly and that was chaotic so what does indra do he uses his thunderbolt to destroy the wings and the mountains came down and one of them entered into the sea and that mountain it was meru why by the way who which was flying all of the mountains were just watching so the wings of meru were cut and the meru entered into the ocean and it is though the biggest mountain it is lying submerged in the sea that meru figures out in um, sagar mantra now at it applies it uh, that's why this called meru dand again you know it applies at different levels this same knowledge now somebody whose inner door is awakened will look at a stone and he will discover god see this is a beauty because when he looks at a stone and sees how it is shaped he comes like you know that einstein when uh, he was struck by a branch of a tree and he suddenly stopped and his friend asked him why have you stopped he says you know the whole universe conspired to create this event why because he wants to know what is the difference most people will say oh why somebody has not cut this branch it is hanging below and it has hurt my head 
like some people were asking mother that mother this tree is the service tree is coming down and it is difficult uh, should we cut the branches he said no support it with the pillars and another door where it was uncomfortable she said no people should be conscious and besides it'll be a lesson in humility so you see in nature something which is alive it speaks to us that's how the intuitive mind discovers things which are hidden to the rishi creation spoke universe was real and living earth was a mother that's how they could connect at a much deeper level so you don't have to say then later on that you know uh, treat this earth uh, with care it's the only place we live you don't have to say that because it's not just your house it's your mother and when you begin to look your whole vision changes and then you start with the geography of earth but end up discovering as with matter as the principle emerging from the divine for his manifestation so all this is required and uh, i think teachers are beginning to turn in that direction because somewhere they are understanding one thing for sure like in medical field in the field of education in political field uh, in the field of finances in the field of psychology one thing we are discovering the inadequacy of the mental systems of ways of being this we are discovering that not working out so of course some are still trying to do the old way but fortunately there is a group of people humanity which is seeking the new way and that's where all these things are important to understand that there is a new way and um, we must develop discover that new way for ourselves and uh, if we are truly seeking then the way will be found there is a very nice saying where there is a will there is a way this is 200% true i have seen several times in my own life if you say i cannot do it it means i give up at some point i don't want to do it if you want to do something by the very fact of your will and your faith that it can be done you will end up discovering so ultimately faith and will are the ultimate determinants of all true knowledge and a teacher must keep awakening this faith that there are deeper mysteries higher truths not close it now chapter is over all that you have to know you have known but always to say that this is what has been discovered so far but there are many things not yet discovered children go into the world with the lamp of aspiration light of aspiration and with the sword of faith and discover what we have not discovered so there is uh, you know beautiful things which shivendra and the mother have written about uh, teachers now i'll just read a small portion from personality traits of a successful teacher so what does the mother write one complete self control not only to the extent of not showing any anger but remaining absolutely quiet and undisturbed under all circumstances now you see i was just uh, in the previous talk talking about who were the teachers in ancient india they were called brahmins <laughs> who were the brahmins they had to practice practice extreme self control self discipline and austerity you can't uh, afford to get up i mean i've been brought up like that you can't get up at 8 o'clock 9 o'clock and say it's school you have to get up at 3:30 4 o'clock because that's how we were trained you you take a bath because simply by the fact of biologically 
<laughs> being born into a brahmin family we had to do this now you you have to learn certain shlokas how did that help because sanskrit is a language where which is so beautiful it 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 immediately makes you feel cultured because it the language itself is such uh, even when you are seemingly saying harsh word they still sound very you know not so harsh because of the way the language is designed beside because the language is so complex it tends to develop the complexity of your uh, intelligence and most importantly when you read the scriptures then what happens indian scriptures i am speaking of very many scriptures ramayana mahabharat vedas upanishad what purana your mind develops so much of wideness and complexity and subtlety that later on anything you can pick up like this this is what people didn't understand about india that the indian mind <laughs> is so geared up because it has delved into these scriptures it can take up challenges it can understand different aspects of life simply because it has read the ramayana and the mahabharata even if one doesn't read anything else your mind will become very vast supple complex and subtle things which are required and self control which is so necessary it was uh, just part of our uh, everyday life like you know you can't uh, speak without reflecting i still remember uh, i mean i'm just saying that sharing what the life of a teacher in a household was that uh, while people around were abusive they could abuse and naturally you pick up an odd word sometime though something within you tells you no but yet i remember the only time very innocuous word <laughs> not even uh, abuse but uh, you know brother in law in hindi uh, it is an abuse because it means literally your sister i have got married to so it's regarded as abuse now just that word unwittingly in a um, state of little bit of uh, feeling annoyed i had mentioned to a friend a friend means we are playing football all that he did was to tell this to my parents and i remember i was feeling so bad that how could i let this word come on my tongue this is not that we were told anything it, it grew in the culture that you know you you're not supposed to you have to have that control you can't use foul language abusive language now when i compared this to today you know in many of the schools where uh, certain words have become a way of life and teachers don't even bother because they feel what is this got to do if a child is coming first and if he is presenting all the projects very well we think it's a good child no he is a dangerous child a child who is uh, stupid but good at heart is a better bargain for creation whereas child who is very intelligent but evil at heart it's a dangerous combination and this is what the the universe is because it doesn't focus on the inner development of a child but how will be if the teachers themselves don't have control and the mother would insist so much that a teacher should be in a state of self control at all times teacher are now we grow up in that culture where we used to be told that uh, you know youngsters how these this knowledge was imparted so there was a saying in hindi shama badan ko chahiye chotan ko utpat so i grew up okay children will be naughty it their dharma but what is the dharma of the elderly badan ko those who are it can also mean those who are really inwardly developed to forgive it's okay children do that now these things are 
not transmitted just in school they are transmitted through culture that's why it's so important that cultural impact should be there an education without a culture is an education without a soul and so this kind of flattening of everything that you go to a school and come out as a finished product but culture is finished so what happens is that the child's inner development is stunted unless schools and teachers take up some teachers take it up but it's difficult so complete self control not only to the extent of not showing any anger but remaining absolutely quiet and undisturbed under all circumstances this idea that even inwardly your state should be beautiful and calm there are so many stories of that this particular story of a brahmin priest who does something he feels repentant about and so he goes through a process of penance and repentance after he has done every outward process uh, everybody tells him that well you have done everything that you need to do he says no he says why you have done all the rituals everything he says no i still have that in my heart this i must purify because if i have it in my heart and mind these thoughts of vengeance i have not got rid of it so look at it like even inwardly we should be freed from anger to be a teacher well uh, i don't know whether in the selection of teachers we see this or not how prone you are to anger <laughs> so <laughs> two in the matter of self confidence must also have a sense of the relativity of his importance this is what we see in that rocket uh, man that movie that a teacher no i am right you could be wrong there could be a new learning new knowledge and when we are open to that knowledge comes from every side why this is important it means the teacher is progressing a teacher who believes that he knows all has stopped progressing so he must know above all must have the knowledge that the teacher himself must always progress if he wants his students to progress must not remain satisfied either with what he is or with what he knows mark what he is so always these two knowledge the inner and the outer they go together so outer knowledge not just through books but by different kinds of understanding so both these the teacher must keep progressing number 3 must not have any sense of essential superiority of his students not preference or attachment whatsoever for one or another why this mental superiority is uh, harmful because one it hinders knowledge it's something which curves when what happens people uh, in many classroom children become afraid of even asking also they start looking at teacher with too much of awe this reverence changes into oh he is a very serious person whereas a teacher should be able to communicate coming at the same level at the same level like like he is a friend who is leading other friends he is a brother maybe an elder brother leading other brothers so that's how shobindo and the mother that this idea that i am superior that's the way to finish and that was one of the things that happened at some point of time uh in india though we always see that there was always a branching out into something new and uh, that we will uh, see in a particular story that you know knowledge doesn't have an end so is the story of shankaracharya i may not be able to say exactly reference but there is one of the ashtakamam written by him and it has an interesting story so as he is going so on those days brahmins would practice uh, untouchability what did it mean well it means that uh, consciousnesses which are not only physically unclean physical unclean even now we but even inward unclean so it 
just acts like a contagion. So it's the principle was that there is a psychological contagion. So that's why uh, just going into any public place, sitting and eating with anyone, not bothering about which are the friends you keep. Basically behind it, this was the knowledge that if you keep a certain company, there will be an interchange. And while if you are an uplifted man, it may be good for the other person, it may not be so good for you. So this in an extreme situation became untouchability where somebody who was engaged in very menial work, uh, one had to be little careful with regard to that. But at the same time when Shankaracharya is going and there is a person who is engaged in menial works, uh, unclean works, dirty works, he is coming on the way. his disciples say, uh, tell him, uh, you leave the way, leave the way. So one of them suddenly asked Sankracharya, what, uh, whom are you asking to leave, the soul or the body? And he had a flash that this is Shiva himself. So simultaneously this understanding was also there. That while there is a hierarchy, while there is a proscription and prescription based on, like if you are working in a high-tech nuclear reactor, you have to observe certain precautions. So similarly, there was both this aspect that there is the divine presence equally in all. But at the same time, this free mixing which in today's times we have in the name of freedom and equality was not much encouraged and the reason was this. Because those engaged in the real pursuit of real knowledge, higher knowledge, deeper knowledge have to remain, uh, have to shield themselves against the intrusions of various kinds of uh, uh, forces which may come inside. And this was nothing else but a safety precaution. Number four, must know that all are equal spiritually and instead of mere tolerance must have a global comprehension or understanding. This is what we just spoke about. All are equal spiritually. This is important. But each one has his own place in the cosmic order. Snake is equal to a cow. But don't bring them together that they are equal. This Spiritually we are all equal. There is the divine presence in all. But when you deal with people you have to understand the manifestation. And five, the business of both parent and teacher. Now this, the mother is quoting Shirobindo from the human cycle. The business of both parent and teacher is to enable and to help the child to educate himself, to develop his own intellectual, moral, aesthetic and practical capacities. Not just practical capacities or intellectual. This is the moral and the aesthetic. Aesthetic is so important because if children have the sense of beauty, beauty not only in outer surroundings, but beauty in speech, beauty in thoughts, beauty in feelings, many of the problems will be solved. And to grow freely as an organic being, not to be kneaded and pressured into form like an inert plastic material, which means a fixed format, fixed attendance, fixed exams. Instead of that, allow them. To grow and progress in their own way at their own pace. So this is the demand made on the ideal teacher. Uh, I don't know how far it is. I like to believe that it is much closer than we expect because at least I know of people who are beginning to feel this way and who aspire to be an ideal teacher. Aspiration is the first thing. And if we persist with this steadfast will and faith that I want to be what the divine wants me to be as a teacher, That's why we have the injunction, Acharya Devo Bhava. O teacher, be as the God. And God is so patient in teaching. God doesn't put anyone in any classroom with anybody else. In God's way of teaching, nobody is competing with anyone. Each one 
is growing and progressing in his own way we are allowed freedom freedom even to make mistakes to stumble to rise and all the time he gives a helping hand he doesn't say oh you sinner you fell at least the indian god doesn't say that if you have fallen you cry he will pick you up and if you call his name you may be the most fallen and yet you have to be regarded as the highest of all so this is the great ideal which the mother and shirbindu have brought back again in a new way they don't use the terms which we are probably accustomed to in the ancient knowledge but it's the truth of sanatan dharma which is being revealed to us in a new way and with the dawning of the new age we are already seeing new children who are no more the run of the mill kind of children and we hope to see more and more new teachers and uh, i won't use the word new schools because schools are and will become redundant one has to learn to go to wide open spaces and grow with mentors whom one can go have question answers and through which the knowledge will awaken and leap from within namaste